And we are live a little bit earlier today, but nevertheless, we are live. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my powder- counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm not bad. I'm still recovering from the fact that I bet the the under in the Army-Navy game, and it hit until at the very last second, Army's quarterback ran out of the back of the end zone for a safety that ruined that from coming together. But other than that, I'm, I'm doing, doing pretty good, Blake. Yeah, I mean, it, hell of a game. Yesterday, there were a couple of SCF's playoffs games that were pretty good, too. Um, saw, what was it, South Dakota State or North Dakota State having to get into a hot box because their players were cold. Oh, I'm cold. <laughs> um, so it was a decent day of uh, football. But the biggest news is, is that Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy, Joe. And uh, as a LSU fan, I could not be more proud. I could not be more happy. Um, that a kid who a lot of people last year wanted benched came back, did what he have to had to do off the field. He does everything he's got to do, you know, on and off, and then wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, so a great day for you know for myself, LSU fans, mm. but really this I felt like college football in general. I thought you had four uh, good finalists, uh, even though I not necessarily. Uh, was a fan of maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. being on there, but nevertheless, four really good uh, candidates and Jane Daniels takes on the Heisman. Yeah, and I understand that I was not always bought in on him winning the Heisman throughout oh, the entire really? season, but I, I did come around before any you get upset at me and anyone else gets upset at me. If anyone remembers, there was a point in time after the Florida game, I fully bought in. I was all in on the hype train. I was all in on that stuff. But the thing that, even though I wasn't really supportive of him early on in the season, the thing that made no sense to me in the offseason and then also after the Florida State game, why everybody was taking this victory lap about Jaden Daniels and saying that he you know, should get benched or he's not as good as everybody thinks he is, that to me was ludicrous because he played a really good game against Florida State, but his secondary played so poorly that they lost that game and the score looked a lot worse than it actually was. So, I mean, he played a hell of a year. He recovered um, after what was probably his weakest game of the season um, and had a fantastic season and it deserves it because of the stats that he put up. Lowest, or I I say weakest game he played all year, still had over 400 yards of total offense. Uh, And and look, we'll we'll talk about, you know, the, 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 not just the Heisman Joe, but the awards, uh, that happened uh, this week. Uh, you had Phil Parker win the Belitnikov. I mean, not the Belitnikov. The Brawls Award. Marvin Harrison Jr. winning the Belitnikov. Ollie Gordon is the best uh, back in the country winning the Doe Campbell Award. So, look, we, we'll talk about that, but it's not the only thing that we're going to talk about. We'll also preview a little bit of Florida State, Georgia. Listen, um, I know uh, still that Florida State fans are still mad. Um <laughs> Joe, there's not anybody opting out for Georgia, and there's a lot of people opting out for Florida State. So, with that being said, uh, your their two best receivers opted out, going to play or are going into the NFL draft. <laughs> it's not looking hey. too good uh, for the Seminoles. And also, what about old Dion? Dion rebuilding the offensive line. How about that? Dion's cooking right now. Uh, of them grabbing. I think a a really good personality fit from the 2024 recruiting cycle uh, is great. They grabbed a tackle from Houston as well. I know that Chase Basantis is is currently projected to to LSU, but man, if he can find a way to flip him and if you pull out Basantis and maybe a couple other guys, that offensive line could at the very least be one of the better, stronger units in the Big 12, which is going to be super important uh, going into next season for Shadur Sanders' final year. Well, I, I'll tell you this. They um, Speaking of awards, too, Travis Hunter won the most versatile player award uh, this no year. No shock. No shock whatsoever. They got so many other problems than the offensive line that they got to fix. Uh, so, look, we'll talk a little bit about Dion and, and, and that class and what they're doing uh, going into the portal into high school recruiting, getting the number one tackle in the country. Uh, and Jonathan Seaton. I think it's how you say his last name, right? Seaton. Yeah, how- Seaton. Seaton. Yeah. Uh, so getting him, I think, is a, is a big deal, too. Dylan Gabriel held, headed to Oregon. Thought that he would go. I 
as soon as he entered the portal, a guy came on the show and said, well, that feels like Mississippi State. But Dan Lanning pulls a rabbit out of the hat and gets Dylan Gabriel to Oregon. What some believe is is a buffer to, you know, guys that they may go in. A lot of people thought Dante Moore would go to Oregon. Looks like that's obviously not going to happen here. Well, but I, that's still that's still on the table, though, from some of the things that I've listened to. They Dante think Moore that ain't going to Oregon. Apparently, Dante Moore, though, is is willing and not against sitting for a year if he has to. Dante Moore ain't going to Oregon. Okay. You think it's completely off the table? Uh, it's completely off the table. I don't give two right. Rudy Poos what that kid says. Somebody else is going to off- offer him money and, and playing time. And if the kid wants to sit, that tells me all I need to know about the kid. All right, that's fair. All right. That's fair. So we got a lot to discuss. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you uh, rescheduling your time. I have a wake and funeral that I have to go to later on this evening. So I do appreciate it. Sorry to everybody that's watching on the replay. We're not 6 p.m. Uh, I know people are going to be somewhat pissed, kind of like how Washington fans are pissed off at me. But listen, Joe, just before we get rolling, I'm just going to say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my, of my heart. If you're a Washington fan and you're drinking a White Claw, okay, and you're going to go after Jaden Daniels or myself or whoever, buddy, you need to take the White Claw out of the profile pic. <laughs> Joe, this man's drinking a White Claw. I saw, I, I saw the the guy that you're you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's hard to it, you know, it's hard to really look. Um, I don't think he's trying to look tough, but it's it's kind of hard to be have any credibility in your argument when you're standing sitting there holding a, a white claw. Yeah, man. I mean, picture. like be a man, you know, like, like the movie Mulan, be a man. You can't be a man holding. And not only Joe, is he holding a white claw? It'd be one thing if he was holding a claw. It's a completely other thing that the man's holding a pineapple white claw. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all the flavors that you can have pineapple, I mean, this dude needs to be the worst put one. In prison. It's the it's the worst one. Yeah, you can't be questioning someone else's. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word to to describe it. Manly I mean, he was, Lord yeah, manlyhood. He, right. He was he was he was calling out his you know his capabilities of being a leader, and it's like, what the hell? Is there have been more obnoxious outfits during the Heisman weekend. I don't think that we need to get on Jaden Daniels because he had some pictures of himself inside of his coat jacket. It was him hitting a Heisman pose. He doesn't make the the suit, you know. I mean, like, right? Come on, and you can ask any player. I mean, Jane Daniels is just more of a, you know, a team team dude than anybody. So, right. We'll see. All right, we got a lot to discuss. We'll talk about awards first. Florida State, Colorado, or Florida State, Georgia, Colorado. Dylan Gabriel got lots and lots to discuss. And look, Joe, we got the playoffs coming up. Uh, in a couple of weeks, what about a little bit more than two weeks? So uh, it's going to be fun to discuss. And, and bowl season right yep. around the corner. So uh, looking forward to that. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Before we do that, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. Wherever you're listening, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. And wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Jason Brumfield says, pineapple white claw, LOL. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> you can't drink a pineapple white claw, Joe, to and and me not make fun of you, bro. Like, it's just, it's not going to, drink a natty light. Do something to give me, give yourself <laughs> some, like, uh, some cover here. People from Seattle are different, man. They're, they're different. Oh, I can tell. I mean, the the last person, the uh, last man I saw from Seattle glowed and was a vampire. You know, what was that movie <laughs> called? Uh what were those movies called? You know, Twilight. Girls? Yeah, Twilight. See, see. I've I never seen know. Twilight, so I don't know that. You, but then, how'd you know they were from Seattle? Because you said not that I, I didn't know that they're from Seattle. You said that they glowed uh-huh. and they were vampires. That's the only vampire movie I know. How do you know that they're from Seattle? Well, because I was a man and had girlfriends, and we had to sit there and watch them. I had to go to the movie theater for two of them. I, you couldn't get me to sit through that. And you know what else? I also. I, I don't know if me and Megan, my wife, went to the movie theater, but we watched uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Jesus Christ. Uh, I also uh, have not seen that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I need to stop talking because I, uh, you know. 
<laughs> just things that things you have to do, man. Fifty Shades of Grey, man. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to a commercial before my man card is taken. We're back next. Uh, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back. Not a, we were just talking about Deion Sanders and his recruiting, Joe. Draylon Miller, a top 50 recruit in the country, wide receiver, just committed to uh, Colorado as well. Wow. So look, here comes Deion. People making fun of him, but here he comes again. He's uh, continuing to recruit. But this is not we'll, – we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. But, Joe, I, I, I got to mention this. Uh, I, I said this earlier in the show, but I'll just repeat myself on this. I have covered LSU, some people know, for some time now since 2017 uh, and have seen a lot of teams – or a lot of guys come and go, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players. Uh, covered them, obviously, in the 2019 season when they – uh, won the national title and had guys like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, which were the premier names, uh, had the down years with Ed Orsron. And then Brian Kelly comes in, and he it, one of his first acts is to go out and get a transfer portal quarterback named Jane Daniels. And, Joe, I, I'm old enough to remember where Arizona State players were taking shit out of his locker and putting it in trash bags when he was coming to LSU but nevertheless, Jane Daniels in his two-year span this past year, obviously, Joe, we're talking about almost 5,000 yards of total offense, 50 touchdowns on the year in the SEC. What he did not only through the air but with his legs, he is by far, to me, not only the best player this year, I, I could make the argument that he's one of the better players that we've seen from a dual-threat standpoint in quite some time. Because it's one thing if you're just doing everything through the air, right? Like if you're throwing for 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, that's a hell of a year. Joe, what that kid does with his legs separates him from so many different people. I, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. To me, as an LSU fan, he's the second best player in LSU's history. And if he had any somewhat of a just good offense or good defense – Joe, they might be in the playoff right now. I told you in the preseason, and you laughed at me a little bit. And we kind of went back and forth. I told you when I would go to practice, it's like, Jay, Joe, this guy could win a Heisman. He is that locked in. Nevertheless, four months later, here we are, and he has won the Heisman Trophy. It's crazy because so many people through this process, Joe said, well, he, he's got three losses. Okay, well, he, won, he lost to the ACC champ. He lost to the SEC champ. And he th accumulated over 600 yards and five touchdowns against Ole Miss and still lost. His team still let him down, and he lost. He didn't have chances and times where he could do stuff like Penix, uh, Michael Penix Jr., or even Bo Nix, where some mm -hmm. games they don't have to be completely on. If he was not completely on every single game that he played, his team was going to lose. It's the best player in college football, man, to me. And you can say I'm biased. You can say whatever you want to about me. But I would love for anybody, Ryan Leaf, I would love for anybody, Ryan Leaf, to come at me and say that he wasn't the best player in the country. You can say I'm biased just as much as he is with the Pac-12, but it's his legs that separated everything for me this past year. I think if we look at the progression that Jane Daniels had from last year to this year, you saw a lot of positive traits you saw a football right. player that was a great athlete that you know he he could make a number of of impactful throws on the field but 
for me, why I was always a little wary on him and why I don't think I was as bullish and I'm not as connected to the LSU program as you that I, I would know he's taking these steps forward. But I was a little wary on how he could do driving the ball down the field through mm -hmm. the middle of the field on deep, deep uh, parts of the field and connecting with his very talented receivers. This year, I saw a lot more decisiveness and just tremendous delivery of where he was placing the football. There was just pinpoint accuracy, tons and tons of big-time throws. I know PFF has a statistic that they they calculate that is like number of big-time throws. I don't know what Jane Daniels had, but I'm sure that he leads that category because of all the ridiculous passes that he threw in the Ole Miss game, the Mizzou game against Alabama. On every single stage, every situation that he was asked to step up and to keep his, his team in the conversation – he did exactly that. I think it's lazy and stupid for people to do the, oh, if it wasn't for Georgia State, he would have, wouldn't have been the, the Heisman winner. Yeah, of course he threw a, a, a shit ton of touchdowns and yards against Georgia State, who is one of the you know, more mediocre teams in college football. But you clearly weren't watching him against Alabama, against Ole Miss, against Mizzou, against Florida State. You weren't paying attention, and you're providing a, a take without having any evidence to support it. People just want to knock him for the three losses, and I was one of those people. But you can't ignore the statistics that he put up deserving to be the best player in college football. You put him on Washington, obviously they're still undefeated, but they're the best team in the country. You put right. him on Oregon, they beat Washington those two times. You put him on Michigan, they're the best team in the country. You put him on Alabama, they don't lose to Texas. That's the difference here, and I think that that's what needs to be remembered when we talk about the best player in the country. If we shuffle around and we put that guy on some of these other better teams that had better defenses, our perception of Jane Daniels would be completely different. It's no knock on the guys behind him. It's just that his results that he had on the field were so significant, they were so tremendous, that we have to give him this award. Well, I'm also old enough to remember when I came on this show and I went on my other show, AYS, and Jaden Daniels in the beginning of the season was plus 4,000 to win the Heisman. Um, just throwing this out there, there was a guy, he's about 6'3", you know, 290, uh, put $100 on him to win the Heisman. So, cha-ching, cha-ching, Merry Christmas Wait, to what me. is that? What did you make, 400? That's 4,000. 4,000. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, I know. How about that? It's a lot of bread. It's a lot of bread, and it's Christmas time. Look, Joe, I, I think I, I agree with you. It was a lot of people that need needed to see him progress and do things that he didn't do last year with his with his arm. But Joe, he was better with his legs too, right? Like, I, I mean, the the crazy part about it is is he was better running the football than he was last year. I don't know if you saw this last night, but during the uh, the Heisman ceremony, he was number one in every statistical category, yards per play. And I think he threw 22 touchdowns on deep passes and no interceptions. Every other quarterback that was there had at least one. It's just he was just so good in, in crunch time. You know, I remember the Alabama game. I think it was like less than 50 seconds. He goes – no, it was actually 40 seconds. They're down 21-14. He goes down the field. He runs the ball for 40 yards, but it gets called back on the block in the back. Next play, doesn't matter. It's like seven or ten seconds left on the clock. Hits Kyron Lacey into the end zone touchdown. Comes back at halftime. Goes for 65 more yards. Gets the one-yard line. LSU scores. He gets knocked out in that game. But, Joe, if he wouldn't have been knocked out in that game, there's no telling what LSU could have done there. They were going down the field to score. But, look, it's just it, – We've seen it in the Bayou when it comes to a quarterback progressing. Ask Joe Burrow exactly how that went. And you know what else, too, Joe, is it's crazy when you look at a kid when he doesn't have chaos surrounding him. I, I mean, think about the Herm Edwards when he was his freshman year. He They had Brandon Ayuk. I, I think they had Darby. They had so many dudes on that team. If I'm not mistaken, I think they went 8-5 and five that year. They upset Oregon. I, I, I mean, he didn't even have a quarterback's coach. He had constant turnover of OCs and guys that were in his ear that finally when he had stability and playmakers on the outside, look, I'm not going to take anything away from Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. and that offensive line. What I will say, though, is that he, he took it to a completely different level. And look, uh, from a young man that was as criticized, and even Joe now, I mean, look at everybody saying, I voted for Michael Penix. Well, why? 
Because Michael Penix had a game where he threw for less than 200 yards and two interceptions and no touchdowns. Jane Daniels wouldn't have even been in New York if he had even remotely that close of a game, Joe. Not well, like, well, I don't get yeah, you're, no, you're, you're, if you're right, sick. though, but there's a if Jane Daniels had a number of like bad game or two, the same amount of bad games as Michael Penix, you're right because he lost three games. Okay, but, like we can't ignore that those losses still don't come the But what I'm saying argument. is is that the team around Penix won in those games. Penix didn't do it. He had to be exceptional every single day. Every I, I don't single disagree. day. I don't disagree with that. And here's where I think you and I start to disagree here is that I don't think it's wrong to for people to have voted for Michael Penix. I don't think that I don't think it necessarily was like a unanimous decision that uh I, I would have picked Jane Daniels to clarify here. But anyone who picked Michael Penix, I don't think is in the wrong for making that decision because Bro, there was eighty something ballots, but they left Jane Daniels off of it. Those people are stupid. But to have voted for Michael Penix is that there weren't that many people that voted for Michael Penix as the number one guy. He ended up having so many points because I think he was like almost so significantly rated as the and picked as the second guy that that, that amount of points put him closer to Jane Daniels. But again, what he did this year still led college football in passing yards. Yes, right. he had a couple of shaky games, but he still was the leader of the second best team in college football this year. And I'd say his, it's more than shaky. I'd say he his, vastly underperformed. His best performances came against the best teams that they played. USC against Utah and against Oregon twice. That's why the argument is justifiable. And if Jane Daniels doesn't exist, he would have won the Heisman this year. Well, I hate because we I saw a comment in in the chat. Well, Jaden didn't win the big game this year. He, well, he beat Mizzou. He scored 49 points against Ole Miss. Look what he did against Alabama. It's not his fault that the other rest of his team sucks. I, I mean, Lamar, RG3. Like, some of you, some of the casuals are acting like this is unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. See, again, what I think makes him so much greater and why I don't think that you – and look, again, this is going to go down as people saying I'm biased – why you can't vote for a Penix and why in this Sam Hill you can't vote for a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. or even Bo Nix. Joe, there's games where they did they vastly underperformed, right? Like vastly underperformed. Nobody had more to overcome, in my opinion, of those four dudes more than Jaden Daniels. I don't think I don't, it's remotely close. I, I don't disagree with that, but the one thing that – like I would have actually put Marvin Harrison Jr. up higher over Bo Nix because his performance, he's not a quarterback. Him getting the football is contingent on the guy throwing it to him, finding him, and getting him the football. You pull up the tape, the guy's open. Kyle McCord, we know, underperformed significantly and was a huge hindrance to this offense. And this kind of rolls into the Belitnikoff discussion because – I think that you and you you and I disagree, really significantly disagree on this because no doubt I really I really think that Marvin Harrison Jr. deserved to win that award because no if he's not in that offense they lose multiple games there are multiple games that they do not win they're not in the Michigan game as close as it was they don't beat Penn State there are a lot of more offensive issues that arise that if he's not around that that offense is significantly held back. When he got banged up against Notre Dame, we saw how held back that offense was and how, how it took them a final drive and a mistake by Notre Dame in order to win that football game. I, he was so important for the for them, and I know that he was not the statistical leader in receiving, but he was still up there. Joe, I, I mean, but you it's not just Notre Dame. What about Indiana? Uh, again, I could make the same exact argument from elite neighbors – Okay, then I could make for Jaden Daniels in the sense of and look, I again this come will come off as biased, but Malik Neighbors can't have a game where he has two catches and twenty yards because if he does, Joe, this entire team is gonna lose. Like every, this, this is the point where I don't think that people understand. Malik Neighbors had more yards, more catches, more or same amount of touchdowns. Right, the only game that he underperformed possibly Florida State, okay? But Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, uh, Missouri, name the games that he – Florida, the games that he went off in. 
I, I mean, there wasn't a game that you there was Mississippi State was the best game he had. Joe, there wasn't one week that you looked up in the score and in, in the box score and said, "Oh well, Malik Neighbors didn't play good today." Like there, Malik. there wasn't one. And, and, and it's not about it. it we got to talk about too. Marvin Harrison missed games, like was completely out of a game. So my, my point is, is that do you think that Malik Neighbors wasn't double covered against Alabama, Joe? Not only did they double cover him, they put double covered him and then put a third guy and bracketed him on a fade route, and he caught the ball in the back of the end zone. Like, what are we, what are we talking about? And before and. Before you say, oh, well, he had Kyle McCord throwing in the football. Well, they still played Rudy Pooh-ass teams. Like, the strength of schedule and the teams that he played are not as significant as what LSU and Malik went up against. Oh, well, they played Penn State and Michigan. He didn't have the gauntlet every single week. Joe, and again, LSU faced, I think, six, uh, six of their last eight weeks faced I think it was like four top ten teams. Four. So he was, oh well, call McCord. So uh, okay, but first of all, just because they're playing top ten teams does not mean that they're, he's playing elite defensive backs. I don't think that there's like this vast, Alabama vast difference. Two, Alabama doesn't have two really good corners. Yes. Yeah, right, but I'm not talking about Alabama. F- F- Florida. Army, Georgia State, Auburn's corners aren't anything. Uh, Old Miss's corners huh, are Auburn's corners aren't anything. Mean, what did they mean, do against Georgia and what did they do against Bama? Oh, that's right. That so was their, their was, that was their run that was their run defense that, so they that held, performed they held well in those SEC games. Champion to twenty four points. My my main argument here is that Jaden Daniels is the guy who's throwing the football. To Malik oh. Neighbors, we can't sit here and talk up Jaden Daniels and then not in, in, incorporate this into the conversation. You and I can agree here, unless you disagree, that there is a ridiculously massive gap between Jaden Daniels and Kyle McCord. Sure, receivers' but performances are. Smith Jr. Would he be? Would it, would he been up there? Did you watch? The yes, yes, one? he Did took over. He. Marvin Harrison Jr. put them and made in, in key important plays in a number of games in order for them to stay in spots to win games against Michigan, against Penn State. He had a huge game against Rutgers, a game where, where Kyle McCord played like shit, did it against Wisconsin. He was he was the only reason why that they could move the football half the time. Uh, okay. If he does not well, on that team, they have three losses. That's interesting. Didn't Jane Daniels have a mediocre average season a year ago? What? And, what does that and have to do with he, it? Uh, just stay with me. Didn't he? Wasn't he just like mediocre to some people? Stay with yes. me. Yes. Yes. Huh. That's interesting. What if he still had more catches and yards than Marvin Harrison Jr.? Then what? Are you saying that last year Malik Neighbors had more catches and yards than Marvin? Harrison I don't know Jr.? about yards, but he definitely had more catches. I don't think he had more yards than than you're talking about this season or last season. I'm talking about last I'm, season. I'm. I am talking about this year. I know. I'm talking about this. You're saying that Malik Neighbors' stats last year? Joe, the ninth best receiver in the country from a statistical standpoint, and you're going to sit his ass to the Heisman. You know, and I know, and your meme all knows, that if his name was Marvin Smith Jr., he wouldn't be up there. That has nothing to do with ceremony. Bullshit. The entire Heisman ceremony had nothing. They kept asking him about his dad. Are you trying to catch up to your daddy? Are you trying to catch up to your daddy? Which, by the because way, because it's the media's fart. natural. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Did you see Marty Smith farted on on stage? I, like, I, I saw you post that. I saw oh my you. god, Marty Smith put it on. Blake, Blake, here. The big main thing here is that we can't sit here, and I. It, this is where like I, I I go off on a completely different tangent than you because I think that LSU's offensive success. Most of the res- most of the responsibility for that goes to Jaden Daniels, but we can't sit here and make that argument and then suddenly bring up how Malik Neighbors was the best receiver in college football. He was the best he receiver had, in college he, football. He had a fantastic season, and he is going to go on to be a, a high first round pick. I love him as a prospect, but if 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 Jaden Daniels isn't running this offense, I don't know if he has the same numbers. I okay. know I know for well, a fact on, that Ben Harris Jr. boosted. Is it Ohio about State's the prospect, or is it about having the best season? That's not what I'm saying, though. That's okay, not what I'm saying. I'm saying who had the biggest impact award. for their team. 
Joe, who's the biggest setback for their team? Joe, you do realize that if he doesn't do, go off like that, they're still losing. It's the same Wait. exact argument that you can have from for Jane Daniels. What I'm trying to say is, think about this for a minute. If he takes a drive off, if he doesn't have multiple games of 150 yards plus, Joe, they're not going to win. So still- okay, this is but this is where you're 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 really losing me because I think if Malik Neighbors doesn't exist and he's just not even on this planet, and it's just Brian Thomas Jr. and some of these other receivers, I think Jane Daniels still has you know, a, a, a comparable season. This was my point. You know what would happen? Kayshawn Booty was still in the field last year. You gotta you gotta be able to catch the ball and get open, Joe. Like, what are we I, talking I, about? I, but you're the problem is here is that your argument is discrediting your argument in support of Jaden Daniels. That's no, where the irony not. comes into play. What I'm yes, saying is. is, Joe, if he has one drop pass, if he doesn't score a touchdown, if he doesn't get yak yards, if he doesn't go off against Because Jaden Daniels did, was a big reason why they won a lot of these games. If Marvin yeah, Harrison like, Jr. had nothing to do with it. He You're obviously right. he obviously right. did, but I can remove Malik Neighbors from this offense, and I don't think that it takes a significant step backwards. That's bullshit. But we, you know what we have seen, though? You know what we have seen? Marvin what? Harrison Jr. getting taken out of the offense and them still win. We've, we've seen him getting taken out of the offense, and their offense – Struggle tremendously to win, move the football, and did their they defense win, win did they games. Win? Did they, they win? They won because their defense won okay. their games. Oh, so you mean to tell me if LSU had Ohio State's defense, they'd be playing for a national title? Yes, and I've agreed with you on that. <laughs> it's a. It's not a prospect award. I it's never not. said that it is. I don't Joe, think that the, it is. What if I would have told you? Let me just let me just end it here on my thought. If I okay. would have told you that nine other quarterbacks in the country had better stats than Jane Daniels, nine. He doesn't get the award. He doesn't get the award. What's the difference? Or if I would have told you that nine different uh, receivers had better stats than Malik Neighbors, does he get the award? And here's here's no. another thing, too, Joe. Here's another thing, too. LSU's number two wide receiver had better yards and catches and touchdowns than Marvin Harrison Jr. did. The, again, I think where we're having this disconnect is that a receiver's performance is deeply impacted by the guy throwing him the football. And I could pull up on Don't tape every McCord. Every I am going to blame Kyle McCord. There, you pull up the tape. There's so many instances where Marvin Harrison Jr. has to completely recontort his body to make catches, and that's why he's going to be the first receiver drafted is because he has tremendous body control. But if he's not as impactful and as good as a receiver as he is, he's not even coming anywhere close to the stats that he had. If he, other, if he's a, go ahead. Sorry, I'm done with. I was just point. gonna say, any other awards you want to talk about that you would be wrong in? I don't think that any others that I'll be that'll be necessarily uh, wrong in. I think that Cooper DeGene was was uh, was robbed of winning the Thorpe Award for best defensive back. I, I really thought that. Uh, the the Air Force kid had a nice season, and Air Force was good this year. But Cooper DeGene was deeply impactful for their success. That they, they don't win a number of games if Cooper DeGene is not playing in that secondary. I I, I can't disagree with that. Let me let me read these super chats, and I want to get one final thought okay. for you on this. Elk says Blake Kyle McCord missed numerous throws to Marvin Marvin Harrison wide open because Kyle McCord can't read a defense. I don't care about that. It, even even if he does miss miss him, okay. Joe, jo, let me ask you this question. Okay, thank you, Elk, for the super chat. Let me ask you this question: If going into the season, would you have said that Ohio State's offensive prowess is better or would be better than LSU's? It's not Malik Neighbors' fault that he has a better quarterback. It, like it's not, right? Like it, it's not. It's not Malik Neighbors. Yeah, that he has a better quarterback. I I, I don't disagree with that, okay, so but because there's such a wide gap, because there's such a wide gap, though, Blake, we have to take into consideration the wide gap. You can't throw into the equation. Oh well, this quarterback sucked less than the Heisman Trophy winner because I'm old enough to remember when Jamar Chase won it with Joe Burrow. 
and it's not it's not Malik's fault that he. But that who was Jamar Chase's competition that year? Joe, he caught seven seven touchdowns on four first round corners. Uh, the kid from Clemson, the uh, no, no, uh, no, no. Dick. I'm not saying that Jamar Chase didn't deserve it. My 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 point is is that he earned that award and and yes, he had a had a record breaking quarterback throwing him the football. About, like, yes, it this. makes sense. Think about this. Think about him this. making and winning it makes receivers? sense. Malik Neighbors doesn't. How many receivers have played at LSU? A lot. Malik Neighbors statistically is better than all of them. I rest my case. It's not his fault that Marvin Harrison Jr. was playing college football this year. Let me let me get this let me get this uh, final thought out out of the way. I'm going to bring up a just a point in question to you. Do you think that we should change the 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 way that things are voted on for awards ceremonies? How would you change it? I would honestly, I would find some type of criteria for it to be voted on. Joe, we have a we have a girl. There's a girl in media who 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 been fired or was or resigned two months ago, and she has a Belitnikov uh, vote, and she has a Heisman vote. She voted for the Sweat Kid from Texas as the second as our number two for Heisman. Yeah, who, who? What is this person's name? Leah Van. She used to work here in Baton Rouge. I'm just saying. Do you think that there should be different criteria of how we vote on these awards? Because you know, and I know, and everybody in here's Meemaw knows that probably all of us in here know more about football than most. That, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that there, there should, at, at the very least, for these these award votes there should be a constant recycling, you know, like every year it should be reevaluated in certain people. Like you shouldn't just continuously retain and keep a vote just because you were given the vote. There's a number of people that are very qualified, very, very qualified. You know what, do I, a really you know what, good job. Would, you know what else I'd say? I think what? that 50% of fan votes should go into it. And I think you should. Uh, I don't agree with the fan vote thing because the because fans vote You're too emotionally. Media, Joe, I, I, I can name 20 people in media who don't know what a cover three is? That don't know what a three yeah, technique is. There's a there's a lot of fans out there that also like don't even know just right, simple well, alignment. Percent put twenty five percent in there. I, I think look, you my problem with that is fans vote too emotionally. That's the problem. And, and you think that the media is not the girl worked for Texas. She she went to Texas. She I, I put think defensive lineman as our number yeah. two. Yeah, well, that's again why I think there should be some reshuffling. But the biggest thing here, the bit, the biggest thing here, is I think that if there is an adjustment, there should not be anyone who works in local media who has a vote. That's the problem. The problem is, is that the local media folks spend all of their time and energy uncovering the local colleges, so they're not going to be privy and unaware of what's happening in the national storylines. On-air hosts who cover national or uh, national writers. Like, I, I'm not saying that we deserve a vote. We're, that's not what I'm getting at here. We but do deserve a vote over pe- some of these pe- people. You know that too. People who do shows like us that follow and track and talk about a lot of this stuff are more deserving of getting those votes. I know it sounds like such a, a pompous thing to say for some of our listeners to hear us say that, but you need people who follow the national storylines and the national landscape over those that are, are, are covering local because that's the problem. That person should not have had a vote because they voted for somebody because of their local ties to a particular area. And right. it gets broken down in the voting, too, that there's these certain regional votes. And I think that that's ridiculous. All right. What do you want to get to next on the docket? Uh, you want to do Dylan Gabriel? We can do Dylan Gabriel. Uh, okay. Dylan Gabriel has committed to the University of Oregon following, speaking of we just got done talking about the Heisman, following Bo Nix. Um Joe, I think this is a great pickup for Dan Lanning. A fantastic pickup. Um, I feel like Dylan Gabriel has been in college football for 97 years. I feel like every year Dylan Gabriel just continues to play. Great pickup by Dan Lanning. A transition of what they could possibly do at the quarterback position. Um, I think it's a great offense for him to be in. I think there'll be more quarterback run 
that'll be implemented into that Oregon offense that I think that you need or and that they have and have had with Bo Nix. I think it's a really good pickup for Dylan Gabriel. Surprised that he didn't go to Mississippi State? Yes. Uh, feels like he was forced out at Oklahoma, but again, doesn't matter. Good, great pickup by Oregon and Dan Lanning. Yeah, if, uh, if our listeners remember back to when he entered his name into the portal, the team that I pushed the heaviest on and the one that I said that was the best fit was for him to go to Oregon. And that actually yeah, at the right. time wasn't necessarily uh, the most rumored one. And then here we are now. He is going to be an Oregon Duck. I think that this is a really good fit for both sides. While it makes sense for him to end up at Mississippi State, that's not a team that's ready to win right now. The guy is on his last year of college football. It, it's really up in the air on him having an NFL career because he's he's small. He doesn't exactly have a big arm. He has an opportunity to at least boost himself up to a day two pick in this upcoming cycle. And why not go to an offense that fits his skill set perfectly? That offense is very dink and dunk, quick decision making. And we know that Dylan Gabriel can do all that. He is a very decisive, reactive player. And when you set him up to get the ball out quickly to short to intermediate routes, big yak time, uh, you know, receiving core, he's going to do exactly that for you. But the biggest thing here, Oregon, it seems like a lot of their top players are going to be coming back this upcoming season. And I think to be able to plug in a guy who has played a ton of college football, has played big time college football, it's very significant. It's very, very significant. And they're going to be my favorite to win the Oh, wait, they're not in the Pac-12 anymore. Yeah, they're going to be my one of my favorites to win the Big Ten next year uh, if I'm just loosely looking at it. All right, I'm going to go the opposite of you because it's it's what I have in my notes. Do I think it's a good pickup for them? Yeah, Joe, I do. What's up with your camera, dog? Uh, I don't know. My camera's been having issues the past, like... Go ahead, keep talking while I get this thing fixed. <laughs> I mean, it looks like you're in the Matrix, Keanu Reeves, there you Jesus. go. Oh my God, continue. Sorry, my thought on this is 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 pretty simple. Okay, I, do I think it's a good pickup? Yeah. Do I think he can lead him to a ten and two season? Yes. I don't think he's a quarterback that can lead you all the way though. I I, I don't see him going to Oregon, them going into the Big Ten, and him leading you. I, I don't I, I don't know their re- their schedule next year. So forgive me if I say a team that they're not playing but in a potential that they could. So he's not good enough, in my opinion, to get them over the hump to being in a Washington, okay, which Will Rogers might be there. I think Washington's just a better coach team. I think they're a deeper team. Now, because and I thought that that was Oregon. If you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said that that's Oregon. I don't think that anymore. I don't think that he can go into the Big Ten versus Ohio State, Michigan, which, by the way, something that we hadn't talked about, I guess that's not finalized yet. It looks like Harbaugh's staying at Michigan. They're trying to give him a contract extension, right? Yeah. The bottom line is he he doesn't move the needle for me. If 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 the goal is for them to take the next step and get over that hump, I don't think that's that guy because you know why he couldn't do it this year. He did it once in beating Texas, but when it came down to crunch time, and them to get over the hump for Brent Venables in the Big Twelve, he couldn't do it. But that wasn't him. That was their run defense getting their asses kicked. Well, you uh, know that he missed wide-ass open passes that he should have hit against Kansas. You yeah, he wasn't. But, but but I would argue that now he's playing in an offense that is going to say, look, there is – Bo Nix is a better athlete, but I don't think that there is much of a difference from a processing standpoint and a delivery standpoint. And, and he Bo can play Nicks just as good as Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix didn't get him over the top. That's a, if you're saying, but that this team is getting it, better. The, the the whole roster itself will be better next year because they're already in the running for some of the top portal guys, including Walter Nolan. And it seems like most of their offensive line could be coming back, which we're going to find out. But if all that comes into play and all that happens, Gabriel can get them over the hump and win them winning the Big Ten. I see Ohio State, who is no quarterback right now. That it sounds like they might have- not get. It sounds like Cam Ward's not really really in play as much as they they really could be. Michigan is at times unbalanced. They're a very good football team, but a lot of those defensive linemen might be moving on to the NFL, and a lot of those defensive players might be moving on to the NFL and offensive linemen. I, I think that I see next year in the Big Ten a lot of holes. I think that there are a lot of teams that are going to have to retool and refill 
and Oregon right now is is particularly the most experienced and maybe the best roster. Dan Lanning, not did you just say Dan Lanning can't fill holes? Or did you I say swear to God. or did you say Dalen Gabriel can fill holes? I said that the other Big Ten teams have holes to fill. And now that I realize oh. yes. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just making sure I heard what that you might said be worse. To, be, to be correct. Look, by the I, way, they play Ohio State, they play Michigan, they play Michigan State, they play Wisconsin, uh, and they play UCLA. Well, look, I, I don't I don't again don't hate the pickup at all, right? Like not not one bit. But I just don't. I can't see Dylan Gabriel getting them over the hump. And maybe I'm wrong there. Okay, maybe I'm you know just naive to what I think that they can do in the Big Ten. I just can't see it, Joe. I just can't see it because look, yeah, they were playing. They might be getting. They may get better from a roster standpoint. But they're also they're also playing better teams. Like you got to show me that you can take down Washington, Joe. It's a five game win streak for Washington over Oregon, is it not? Washington, I think, is I'm, I'm sorry to say this, I think is more beatable. They're losing a number of their top off top offensive linemen, top defenders, and they're losing Michael Penix and a number of their top receivers. So it's it could be, you know, a three loss season for Washington. I think that Oregon should be able to beat Washington at the bare minimum. You better I, I see them being I see them being able to be a one loss team next year. The fact that they're able to add Dylan Gabriel supports that. You want to make a small little wager? What are we wagering? I'll wager you five dollars that they're ten and two. They're not better than ten and two next year. Deal. All right, deal. deal. Talk about good friends over at Homefield Apparel. We got some Colorado to talk about. What else? Florida State and Georgia. Yep. You want? We might need to get to this Harbaugh extension thing too. Let's do that tomorrow because I don't think that's been. I bet that's finalized early next week. I think we should do that when it's when it's finalized. All right. Talk about good friends at Home Field Apparel. We're back next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over a hundred and fifty different colleges that you can choose from. Whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Something that Jaden Daniels is going to hear in the first round. Uh, and then Joe would have to eat a, eat a hat. By the way, my wife yesterday came to your defense. How so? She said that you can. she is not allowing you to eat uh, uh, drink a gallon of milk, nor is she going to allow you to eat a hot chip because there have Ooh. been people that, people that have died trying to do that. I have a high spice tolerance okay i am fine with the ch- i'm a little disappointed that your wife doesn't you know think higher of me than i the, the real takeaway should have been he shouldn't be eating a hat because the 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 takeaway should have been he shouldn't try to eat a hat because if he does he will die because my body your body can't digest pigment and fabric um we'll figure it out the, the cake or the chip are intriguing i don't want to vomit from drinking milk because i'm pretty Somebody- sure that if you Somebody said that you should, uh, in an hour, you should drink 12 beers. Oh, that's easy. 12 beers in an hour? Somebody also sent into the show that you should get two 40s. Duck, hold them. Should I do that on the show? I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Duck, take your hands, and we could call you Edward 40 hands for the entire 
here's the only problem though. How the hell do I duct duct tape? I mean, you'll need your girl. You'll own. need your girlfriend to come over and duct tape your hands. Yeah, I'm sure that she wants to support <laughs> that. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that. I think that's perfectly stupid. I mean, I think it's perfectly stupid too, but it doesn't change the fact. Well, it won't be a productive. Uh, won't be a productive show. <laughs> Very, stone cold six beers. Be messy. Ruin my carpet. All right. Uh, Colorado, Joe. Look, we have not talked a lot about Dion in quite some time, but Dion Sanders back into the news. This time, back to what he makes a lot of news in anyway, is in recruiting. Now, Draylon Miller, the four-star wide receiver from Texas, just committed a big-time prospect from the receiver room, also just committed here as we're doing this live. But look, Dion has gone out. A lot of guys have hit the portal uh, from Colorado, but he's bringing in some guys and rebuilding and retooling that offensive line. What I think is, look, some people didn't think this was cool, but I thought it was cool having the number one offensive tackle in the country go on undisputed mm. with uh, the – the well, with Skip Bayless, who doesn't know sports, nor does he know football. I, I mean, I'm just – I'm going to leave that one alone. But I think that he's making some waves in recruiting and getting that offensive line better. I guess since you've seen Dion doing some of these things in recruiting, what, have, what has been your thought and your take on this? Yeah, I think that uh, – my camera has just been a mess the past couple of days. It's still not. There you go. Um, my main takeaway with this, I feel like that with Colorado and talking about them, we are oversaturated with people that don't know college football that tr that try to provide commentary on this. And I think that a lot of times, and I, I poked fun at this the other day. You know, said like, "Is Colorado back after they got the, the offensive that. tackle?" That is the overreaction to this. That is the complete overreaction to this to sit here and say, oh, my God, look at look at them rebuilding this offensive line. They're going to be so good next year. We need to be realistic for once with talking about Colorado, and we need to stop creating unrealistic expectations. What this signals to me, that you're able to keep guys from entering the portal, your top players, you're bringing in offensive linemen, you're bringing in and getting the, the commitments of high four-stars, maybe some five stars that is going to set this program up for a bright future program building and roster building. When your team had one win the season prior, we'll take three to maybe even five seasons. It's a long process. You have to keep building brick by brick, getting mm. big, strong athletes to play offensive line, getting explosive players to play at your skill positions one kid does not change the trajectory of a program. This is a team sport. You need to develop the depth. You need to bring in young players at all of these positions. And by the time these guys are juniors is when things could legitimately turn around. This team will not be a national championship contending team. It will not be. And if you think that, you don't know college football. You don't know football in general. But can this team have a winning record and go to a bowl, bowl game next year? Absolutely. That is a very realistic standard. Seven wins in the Big 12? It is completely doable and on the table with quality players like Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders. But we just got to acknowledge this shit's going to take some time. Well, they got um, Yakiri Walker, the interior offensive lineman from UConn, also Tyler Johnson from Houston, who I thought, honestly, is one of the better interior offensive linemen Okay, in this yeah. year's uh, class. I think that kid can really play. I thought he was going to go into the SEC. Terrell Timmons, a wide receiver, from NC State, also going to Colorado. Uh, Khalil Benson, the interior offensive lineman, and Justin Mayers from UTEP going to Colorado. So, look, they went out and got some offensive linemen to, look, protect his, to protect his quarterback. And regardless if it's his son or not, he has gone out and gotten some offensive weapons. He's rebuilded that area. And, and look, what they're doing in recruiting, I don't think is a bad thing, too, getting a guy like Draylon Miller uh, as an example. It's not the only place that he's got to figure out some things. Look, he's a defensive guy. Okay, play DB. We know who Dion is. I'm not going to sit here and give you his credentials. You know who he is. Joe, defensively, they suck. They are really bad. They did not get better. Now, did they get better a little bit in the secondary? Uh, I think number 43, the white kid, the safety, he wasn't too bad, had a couple of interceptions. Travis Hunter got hurt. 
but was a really pretty decent corner. Their front seven is abysmal. And if you think that you're going to go into the Big 12 with some of these teams, Kansas, Utah, they're going to still run it down your throat. They're still going to get after you. Uh, look, I'm going to give Dion a little bit of time here, okay, to continue to build. But look, they won three more three more games than they did a year ago. All right, they're they're building a little bit, and, and I don't think that they're. I think this could be the worst team that that Dion has at Colorado. I think yeah. he's going to do it in different ways because number one, he's got to. Like, it, it, look, you people say that Dion's doing it in his own ways, a snake oil salesman. He's got to do it in different ways because he's at Colorado. Like, let's not get any bone. Like, don't get anything twisted. Okay, he's got to go outside the box. It's not like that he's at Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. He's not or, or anywhere in the Big Ten. Hell, it's not even like he's at Wisconsin, for crying out loud, that he can go somewhere nationally and get some big-time high school recruits. He can't do that at Colorado. It doesn't matter that his name's Dion. all right? I think that he did a good thing in replenishing the offensive line. Maybe they can run the ball a little bit better, maybe play a little keep away. Not maybe letting your son have to do everything. I mean, the, the kid broke his back, literally broke his back, trying to get to your team to four wins. He's got to fix what he does on defense or he's going to get splattered even worse going into a team and a conference next year that a lot yeah. of teams just want to run the football right down your throat. Um, I think he can do some of those things, but big-time defensive linemen like Walter Nolan and others they don't just fall off on trees and go into the transfer portal. This can be more of a rebuild than I think people understand or think. But I love watching what Deion's doing. He's trying to do everything he can to make that program relevant again. I think he's doing some good things there, too. I'm not saying he's not. But I do think that Deion, one thing, the one thing that I'll criticize him on, he's got to chill out and calm down in reference to you can't take a you can't take a commitment from a kid, and then when it's time to come to signing day, you process him. He needs to understand that there are rules to this game because if you don't, other recruits aren't going to come to you, yeah. all right? It, it, you can get the big-name kids, and, and that's fine and dandy. Your your team is not going to be made up of solely five stars. It's just not going to. He's going to have to evaluate better. He's going to have to understand the recruiting process a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, but, look, I, 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 watch, I like watching him play. I think he's going to – I think they can get to a bowl game next year. Yeah, I think that's certainly accomplishable. And I, I think a lot of the reason why that they struggled, we, we know the, the the issues with their roster, but they had a tough schedule. And I don't know what their schedule is in the Big 12 off the top of my head this upcoming season, but there's a lot of weak teams in the Big 12 that they can benefit off of playing. You know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of back-end teams that they didn't get to see in the uh, in the Pac-12, I mean, heck, they even that was one of their wins this year was beating a, a down TCU team who finished with more wins than them. But they are going to be in a better position. I think it's very realistic for them to to set the floor at five wins, but it is accomplishable for them to get to seven. I I really do believe that. It is possible. It, it is it is very possible. But but look, I will say this because I have been privy to some of the, like the Draylon Miller stuff. All right. Because he was A&M LSU try to get in there. They're spending there. I don't care. I do not care what anybody tells me. Cause I know this for a fact. If you think that there aren't people out there doing NIL deals for Dion to get those kids on campus, I promise you you're wrong. Draylon Miller is one of them. Well, one of the big things here that I think is always going to be a selling point with Colorado is the marketability and the, um, that's right the you know the the potential the glamour, the fame, the, i mean the, his, his two sons were in a google commercial in a google right. commercial travis hunter is has a, a live show the only college football player in the country has a live show on bleacher report every single week right. the, the, you if you're a mid-level player and you're a colorado there is we were on bleacher report and we're not we are travis hunter. we're basically travis hunter I mean, I could play a little bit better corner than he can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I fully agree there. Let's see what he does. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic, them going into the Big 12. It feels right that they're in the Big 12, personally. 
So yeah. let's see. But look, Utah's not going to be as bad as they were a year ago. Cam Rising's coming back. Uh, I think Kansas gets better. Jeff Grimes is the new OC uh, at Kansas. I think it's a great hire by Lance Leopold and company. So we'll we'll see how they they progress. All right. Want to move to this Florida State Georgia game? Yep. Florida State and Georgia. Tee it up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Joe, I, I'm going to let you go because when I say what I'm going to say, the Florida State fans are going to ban me from the, from the city of Tallahassee. They're going to kill me. They're going to hate me. Oh. They think that I hate Florida State. I don't hate Florida State. I know that they're still mad. I know they still hate. They're hating that they did not get in. Joe, this is about to be a splattering. It's about to be a splattering. This is probably going to be one of the shortest previews that we've done and that we're going to do for the bowl season. Look, Florida State fans, you guys know I've been in on you. You know that I've been the supportive one. I've been really supportive. But my whole argument of why they could have been competitive in the playoff is that they still, despite not having Jordan Travis, had a decent quarterback who was throwing to two NFL wide receivers. Right. Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman aren't playing in this football game. <laughs> I don't know who's next up. I know for a fact that they're not nearly as proven as Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Your success was dependent on having those guys. I also would not be shocked, and I don't know if we've gotten confirmation, but I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Benson and Jared Verse don't end up following suit and Jaheim Bell don't eventually end up following mm -hmm. suit and deciding to opt out by the time this game is played. We are taping this weeks before this game will actually be played. Your roster is really good. But if that roster is not playing in this game, it's going to be a lopsided win. G Georgia has a younger roster than people realize. Even if Brock Bowers, Lam McConkie, I don't know what their situation is. That's a good young team. They're not losing anyone. Right. They're going to kick your ass. I'm sorry, Florida State fans. Well, I'm glad that we have the same thought process because Florida State fans have hate on, hated on me for a couple of weeks. I, look, I think that those guys will play because, look, did you hear what Brock Bowers said when he was hurt? Like, look, man, there are people trying to tell me to opt out during the season. I'm coming back. I want to play as much college football as I can. Let's hmm. see what happens there. But, Joe – I think you hit the nail on the head. You thought that they couldn't win without Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman to start off with. Now they don't even have them. Yeah. <laughs> who, they, who are they going to throw the ball to? You, they better be – and look, the bottom line is you're going to give Georgia a month of rest and to prepare and try to run on that team? You and are they're pissed. Yeah, oh, they're, they're pissed. pissed. And here's the truth. And – I'll continue to say this until I'm blue in the face. I still think Florida, uh, Georgia is still one of the four best teams in the country. Like, I, I, I think that they – if you were to put Georgia in the playoff over anybody, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 obviously not Alabama because they beat them, I, I wouldn't have hated it. Their top three receivers, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, Jaheim Bell. The next closest is back is not backup tight end. Second tight end, Kyle Morlock, who has almost half as many yards as Jaheim Bell. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's Jaquie Douglas, Trey Benson, and Lawrence DeFoley. So there's only one receiver in here that has gone over 200 yards. Yeah, I, I mean, look. But, Joe, it wouldn't matter if those guys even played anyway because Brock Glenn nor right. – Tainer, uh, uh, or or Rotomaker would start. Where I, I don't think we're ever going to have to see Brocklin again in our lives. Yeah, I don't think we would either. But regardless, Rotomaker is not going to. I mean, Joe, they couldn't move the ball on Florida's defense. Florida, yeah. Florida. I again, I said this, and this is it was highly Florida. debated. I thought that they could have gotten into an offensive rhythm against if they ended up getting that Michigan matchup and could have played that game competitively. But this is just a completely different beast. And again, without your receivers, there's no rhythm to get into. I, I, I'm really curious how this game plays out. I'm re I really am. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be the shortest preview we've ever done, but I, I just don't think they're going to – Georgia's going to throw it better. They're going to play – they're going to run the ball better. They're going to play better defense. 
Joe, this could be a thirty-point game. Like I, I think Florida State could get blown out. Man, I don't, I don't. They they're gonna get blown out. They'll get blown out, but I don't know if I feel like Georgia is one of those teams that might just kind of no Georgia you know, pit dri- dri- drift at the end a little bit, go up by twenty and then drift. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, by the way, it just got reported in breaking news per Pete Thamel. Um, Matt in- Matthew Ince. Am I saying his name right? Don't say something crazy. North Dakota State? Yeah. All right, so breaking from Pete Thamel, Matt Entz, the North Dakota State head coach, is taking an assistant position at USC, leaving North Dakota State. In the middle of the playoffs? And you are a FCS guy. Oh, you got to be shitting me. I mean, USC – I mean, I'm sure that he will he will finish the remainder of his year and then go to USC. It's still a distraction. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. An hey, assistant you know what? role. But you know what? Can I tell you something? What? What? Looks like Lincoln might be getting a little serious about his defensive hires. Uh, yeah. I know you're bummed about it because your favorite North Dakota State Bison, you know, they got I some... mean, I'm not a North Dakota State fan, but, like, uh, that's just such a – for him in his career progression to go from a national championship winning team – we forget that typically the, the North Dakota State coach goes on to take a big-time job. Like, we forget that. Well, I mean, the bottom line is – Kleiman, how... Coach Chris Kleiman at Kansas State's from North Dakota State. Well, I, look, you're a big FCS guy. You do an FCS podcast, so it's different for you. But can I tell you what it just tells me? What? It tells me that Lincoln's about is starting to get a little serious. That's all I it tells so. me. No, it, it it doesn't tell you that. I mean, he's trying to figure out how he can. Um... I mean, he goes and gets UCLA's defensive coordinator. They had yeah. an amazing defense this past year. You go yeah. and get the North Dakota State head coach who has been a DC at North Dakota State. I mean, he's getting serious, man. Yeah, I mean, he's – it's a smart decision because you're moving to playing a bunch of Midwestern teams, and the way that you prepare for that is you get, get a, a guy that's coached a lot of mean, tough defenses and, and offensive yeah. lines. And guys that don't wow. have teeth. That's – that is <laughs> – How that about that? Fight on. Isn't that, isn't that what they do? Uh, yeah, who uh, USC does? Yeah, fight on. God, that is that is mind blowing. Fight on, but give the peace sign. I know it's very ironic. I don't think it was very well thought through. Definitely not really very well thought through. All right, anything else that we need to get to before we head out of here? No, no, we got a big show tomorrow. All right, massive show tomorrow. We'll see y'all then. Y'all have a good one. Till then, peace. <laughs>